Welcome to Say La Vie. I'm Katie, and today I'm welcoming a good friend, Austin Perkins, to the studio. We know each other from our time in undergraduate, and he is now located in Marseille, France, and he came for a concert this weekend, so we just decided to get together and record a podcast casually. Um, so enjoy the episode. Yeah, sure. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's fun. I haven't actually done an official podcast before. Never? I tried doing one with my roommate where I just set up like a small microphone, but he hated it. So You tried to interview him. No, I, w- I was like, we're in Marseille now. We live this crazy life. So much weird stuff happens. We should make a podcast. I mean, we did. We did three episodes, and like I had it, I had it fully edited. Like I put sound effects, and he was. He just told me. He said, "I can't do this anymore." <laughs> he was like, "I hate this so much." What did you guys talk about? Um, just stuff like finding blood on the metro, or like just running into like an Algerian wedding that we thought was like a riot. Like at first we were like, "What's going on?" Like the city is insane. It was like our second week there, and you know you hear about Marseille, like having just a lot of like crime problems that's what it's like famous for it's not as bad as it used to be but like if you look it up a lot of like forums will be like oh marseille is so dangerous and so we ran across this algerian wedding and you know my like american fragility was like wait what's going on you know i was checking all my exits but it just ended up being like this really awesome wedding and so we talked about it on the podcast and, and just the day-to-day day, like our interactions with the french so far yeah has it have we started yeah okay Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, my name is Austin. Uh, I am an international business student uh, doing my bachelor's in Marseille, France. Uh, for those of you who don't know, is about three and a half hours with the train south of Paris. It is a beautiful port city on the Mediterranean, and it is just, um, if you need to go there, if you are listening to this in Paris, then you need to take a weekend trip to Marseille because it is just one of the most incredibly confusing, juxtaposed places I have ever been in my entire life. Why? So, uh, where to even start? Where do so, we begin? Um, it, it's a mix between, like, it seems like mm, French Riviera luxury and just, like, the madness of a port city that has, like, a lot of... Um, historical immigration so it's a huge melting pot of different cultures and so the neighborhoods go from like feeling super rich to feeling um, super not uh, to to say the least but um, it's 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 amazing like the city never has the same feeling any single day like one day you'll go out and there'll be like a riot and the next day like the very next day there'll be like a family fair on the same street like, it's incredible. So, real quick, I yeah. know you from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, all the way back from the 904. I was going to ask, because Jax is very juxtaposed as well. Really, really rich people. Right, absolutely. And then the poorest of the poor. Yeah, and, and in the same respect, I mean, Jacksonville is also a huge immigrant city. Yeah. Definitely, I think there's... There's a lot of different cultures that that live in Jacksonville. I think a lot of people don't even know about because they're so segmented in different parts of the city. So um, it's similar in that sense where it's like... Yeah, definitely. It's but I think they're so much closer 
because like the city is way more condensed, like Jacksonville is a very spread out city. I think because of how condensed it is, you see, you see the juxtaposition, like you, you, you see the, the major differences so much more clear. So what brought you to France, Austin? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> this is just so weird to have you here. Yeah. So just a little more on our, our backstory. We used to be um, coworkers. We used to work at the University of North Florida in um, one of the student residence dorms as like we were like residence assistants, except we did more um, event planning for a specialized community. I got you your job. She did, actually. I <laughs> it was very thankful for that because... Well, I needed a job, and she definitely helped me out. So we um, we grew a lot as friends during that experience. Uh, but I am in France because I'm doing a double degree program. So I do two years in Jacksonville, Florida, and two years in France slash Europe um, as part of a, a, a double bachelor's in international business. And you're just visiting Paris for the weekend. Yeah, I mean, because Paris is so easy to get to from Marseille that like 45 round trip yeah if you book with WeGo, which you have to go on there like this is not an ad for them it's just like if you're trying to budget travel then this is good advice uh it's called WeGo, and it's like the budget train in france um and then you can get tickets for like i don't know anywhere from like 15 euros to 30 euros a pop both ways that's crazy yeah, it's it's phenomenal because like ticket prices for trains in Europe just keep rising and rising. So it's nice that they still have these budget op and options available. So why are you in Marseille? Um, why I'm in Marseille specifically? Yeah. So uh, our home university, um, UNF in Jacksonville. No. Uh, yeah. Someone did the Osprey to me the other like I don't know how long ago. And it was the, the swoop. First... Yeah, that I've never done that in my life. Really? It was, um, like the full body swoop? Never. For our listeners, I'll explain. So our school <laughs> mascot is the osprey, which is like a seafaring bird. And um, the swoop is our, like, I guess, action that you do. It's, I mean, you... it's, yeah, like so the you, gators you, or you the... Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you take both of your arms out like a bird's wingspan, <laughs> and then you take one step forward and bring them together. It's actually very cringe. Um yeah. I think if you're not like sold on the the community behind it, but yeah, that you did it all the time. Oh yeah, I I I was a tour guide, and so I was just really bought into UNF spirit. It's like a small a smaller university. It doesn't have a football team, and so it's hard to really rally the students behind something. Um, so I would just try to spread campus <laughs> cheer to those around through the swoop. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so you're in Marseille. Oh, man. Still, yeah, I am in Marseille. Um, Mar I'm in Marseille because this is the only option that our home university had to do a two-year study abroad. And um, I, I did it to be back in Europe and because I love Germany and I wanted to be closer to Germany for two years and hopefully do my internship there, which I am now, so it looks like it all paid off. But, like, France wasn't your – it wasn't what you envisioned it or like right so it wasn't your aim necessarily yeah not really so i i really i i went to germany for a year after i graduated high school in a government scholarship program where i did internships for a year um and i really really fell in love with the german culture and um i i wanted to get back to europe in hopes that most of europe was going to be more like that culture only to find that france is very much not like that culture at all specifically marseille which is not like french culture either it's like its own little bubble down there in the south on the coast 
but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from living in France and from the French and the peoples of Marseille. And the peoples. But like, you could say that probably about any city in any country. Yeah, I guess that was a blanket statement. Just I don't even know why I'm just trying to use these generic, general, <laughs> positive statements about all these places. Yeah, Marseille's whack. I love it, but it's crazy. <laughs> and pull off the Band-Aid. It's whack. It absolutely is. Like, w- just you go outside and there's like some people just completely cracked out. And like we went on the metro one time and there was someone with a drill, like just a power drill. And just like going, and we just got off the metro. So I'll just take the next one. We're not dealing with this today. Like my, my roommate's been robbed several times, but in really funny ways. Several. Yeah, so he's had several encounters, and one of them, he was out running, and he had gone through, like, a difficult experience, and so he was looking pretty beat up, and the guy stops him, and the guy the guy says, like, in English, he's like, you know, you look very, very sad, and my roommate's like, you know, what, what the heck, and he was like, but don't worry, like, you're a strong, you're a strong boy, and he pats him on the back, and he goes under my friend's, my roommate's jacket, and, like, grabs like this gold chain that was on his neck and like rips it off. And my roommate, he's a pretty, he's like a a taller, like bigger build guy. And um, he just like snaps into warrior mode. And like, he just like grabs the guy's like jacket, like shoves him against the wall. And he's like, you know, give me my like necklace back. Like, what is this? This is ridiculous. And um, the craziest part of the story is that there was some other guy that was just walking by. And my roommate goes, hey, I need you to help me with this. And the guy comes over and he pulls out a knife on the dude that stole his necklace. And so it's like, he's got him, like, you know, chokehold against the wall. There's a dude with a knife to, like, his stomach. And so, yeah, he got his necklace back. But I guess it... So it was was an unsuccessful robbing for the robber. Great story for my roommate. Okay, but he was... He was on a run. Like, he was running through Marseille and was just stopped by a a guy. Did he... Did And the other attempts... The other attempts were less like, the other attempts were more like um, we were getting a friend home who had maybe had too much to drink and was just very much passed out and people are starting to congregate around us and we kind of had to do some crowd control just because, you know, there's a lot of, like, a lot of, a lot of like the crime in Marseille, if it's not in the northern quarter, which is kind of like where all the drugs are processed, so you don't go there at all. Like the police don't even go there. Like that is like basically cartel run up there. Um, but in the city, it's just more like petty crimes, like a lot of like pickpocketing and yeah, Yeah. it's wild though. Like I've, uh, last semester in the spring, I was walking home one night and I got attacked by police, like not like beaten up, but like I got shoved against a wall. What? Yeah. So I, I was wearing this like big puffy jacket and a cop car goes by. And the story is crazy because as the cop car went by, in my head, I was thinking, like, how crazy would it be if, like, those cops just got out of the- And this is true. If the cops got out of their cars and just, like, what would I say to them if they came and confronted me? So I went through this whole narrative in my head on exactly what I would say in French. And then not even, like, you know, a minute later, there's, like, four guys behind me. They pick me up from, like, the shoulders and they just kind of slam me into a wall. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, no, not even joking. And um, they're like, you know, like open your like open your pockets, like like put your hands behind your back. And uh, honestly, I was completely calm. Like I was completely calm. I was like, listen, I'm a student. Like do whatever you need to. I don't have any weapons on me. Like 
just you have my full you know, my full support in whatever this is. And so they patted me down and they were all kind of a little like struck that I wasn't rattled by this whole interaction. And so at the end they were like, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Bye. You know, have a good night. Yeah. We we're just looking for some guy who like has a gun and who fits your description. And I was like, yeah, that's understand. Like I, I get it. You guys are just doing your job. Have a good night. And I just walked home, and, you know, and just casually yeah, 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 walked oh, yeah. off. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And it'd be like that kind of stuff in Mars. Like that, if that happened tomorrow, that I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like it, it just that is that is the lifeblood of Marseille is that you can never expect full tranquility. How long did it take for you to get used to that, or were you kind of just like, uh? Um, I mean, I think I think it probably took a good month to where, like, anytime anything would happen, like you'd be on full alert. You know, you'd be like, what does this person want? Like, what's going on here? So you kind of just learn to be conflict avoidant, to be able to kind of identify people who might be a problem as you're approaching them. Like, you learn how to walk around while being very observant, but not making eye contact or making any kind of body, like, motions that would be welcoming for engagement. Like, a lot of times, like, we'll be walking, and if we're, like, walking with some girls to go to, like, an event, and then, like, maybe a group of guys will come up or a guy will come up, and like try talking to the girls but do it in a way where they'll say like oh yo like this is your girl you don't mind if i'm talking to your girl and they want you to kind of get aggressive that way they have a reason to they're just like bored and looking for trouble you know like this is just and, and this isn't like mars this is just i think just any big city where you just have people but like i guess the the culture in marseille is that it's just it's more it's easier for anyone to do that because like i don't know there's not as much of a culture of like law enforcement there i would say like held by the people like you know like there's no there's no there's not as much like citizens like making sure like things aren't whack like everyone in marseille is a little bit whack and so it's just like it just it's an ecosystem that allows for stuff like that to happen yeah so there's just several times where you just have to not you just you don't engage and then you don't run into problems do you i feel it's so interesting talking to you because you say whack and then I'm like oh like is that it sounds like you're done and you're like no I love this city. no I do I like, absolutely you still do. love it like Marseille is like it's such a it's such a, a story like it Marseille is like a luxury good you know it has it has a heritage it has like it's the the sacred and the profane like together under one roof like it is so like a big characteristic of Marseille like I've I haven't put it in its best light yet at all but it is <laughs> yeah. like you have the city but surrounded by the city are the the most beautiful seafaring mountain ranges in the world in my opinion they're called the colonks like les colonks and like you can go hiking for hours and it's just like this beautiful like french like riviera and just like beautiful waters and you just feel completely absorbed by just massive massive amounts of nature and that part of Marseille just adds to this like juxtaposition to where you just like it feels like it's in a constant flux. So I highly recommend Marseille. I highly recommend it. I that is like one of the hardest things about Paris is that really? there are well there are like little forests here and there, but it, it feels more like a trek to make it out there. Okay. Like at least you mean from, from like a like a nature perspective? from a nature's okay, okay, perspective? Okay, okay. It's you. very much not. It's not. Some of it's access, accessible, but like mm-hmm. not like that. Okay. Okay. 
And that is because I know a few people who who missed that. Right. That concept of being able to like be in the city and then just a little just goes a little way and yeah. be in this beautiful environment. Interesting. Which, yeah, because Paris, it's yeah. it's very easy to get wrapped up in I think the lifestyle of Paris. It's like an urban island here, right? Yeah. It, like, in the sense that like to get to nature or anything, you have to kind of leave the island that is Paris. Yeah, there are some things in it. Okay, okay. There are some. Right. More than really, apparently other Like Luxembourg, cities. the Luxembourg Gardens. Yeah, but that's not and, very big. Okay. It's not, it's, yeah. I don't know enough about <laughs> Paris to, to engage this narrative here. There are some, um, but it can be a bit to get there, and then and then you have to leave the city for, um, or at least like the, I don't actually even know what it's called. There's like a little circle, the highway that goes around Paris. Okay. There's a name for it. <laughs> I even don't know what it is. Amateur. I know. Do you even live here? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's really easy to get stuck in in your routine when you mm-hmm. you're here, and so like you have to really really work to get outside of the city center in order to be surrounded by nature. Right, right. And sometimes I'm just like, nah. I <laughs> Although see. I would appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's, it sounds like it's not as accessible in Marseille. How long does it take for you to get to the? So like the university, like the the business school that I'm at, um, is actually at the mouth of this national park. So. But it takes it takes about an hour to get out there. So like my commute to school every day is about an hour. Um, but like, so it's that same hour commute though if you want to go hiking. So you live in the center of Marseille. I live in the city center, like right next to the train station. Okay, and it takes you an hour to get to it, to the the business school. To correct. the business school every yeah. day. Yeah, that's that's one of the parts about the experience that has not been favorable in my opinion, just because I feel like it's a lot of um, time sunk into. To transit but yeah i know people who live out for me in my experience with paris it there is a different lifestyle when you live outside of the city mm-hmm. as opposed to when you do live in the city especially with all the strikes you right. can just walk to where you need to go as opposed to plan your life around a commute right, right which right. can be hard yeah no i bet speaking of the yellow jacket protesters <laughs> What is your experience? You you were here when that was all happening, right? Um, my experience. So they started. I don't know if they started last October, last November, mm-hmm. and I was in the states. Okay. And okay. um, I remember. I only remember that because I knew I was coming here and I was getting my visa ready right, and I was right. doing all that. And my mom was like, "Uh, you know, they're sending fire to the city. Like, are you sure you want to go? Yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went and I actually have not run into them. Really? Yeah. There, I've seen them once or twice, but I've never personally been affected. I okay. have a friend who's in the 16th arrondissement, which is where a lot of it ended up happening. Right. Like a um, lot of the, the street, the street. Yes. Fires, like a lot that. of that ended up happening. And for her, it was quite a scary experience where there were, she knew people who were like stuck in Franprix for hours so they could protect them. Yeah, definitely. Like she wasn't really. That's a grocery store, right? Yes. Okay. We don't, I don't think we have that. You don't one. have Franprix. You have Monoprix, so. right? We have Monoprix. Okay. So it's basically the same thing. Okay. Um, but she, um, yeah. So she was in her apartment, like couldn't really leave. But I haven't really experienced it. The other day, they, it's, it um it picked back up because it was the year anniversary. Yeah. Just what a weird thing to celebrate. I to know. To celebrate the start of a protest that set fire to 
like cars and streets. But it's very, it's very um, French. Right. Is, you are. I mean, is, yeah, is of the, course. Is the ability to protest. And so it's like a proud moment and it's picking up steam because next week on the 5th, literally a week from today, um, there's going to be a huge strike. Yeah, I've heard. It's happening in Marseille as well. Is it? Our How? exams got canceled for that day. Did it? Yeah. Where uh, our schools are monitoring. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Because you don't know if you, at least for the people who live outside the city, right. I'm fortunate. I pay for it, but I'm fortunate to be able to walk to school. Right, right, right. Um, which I love, but the people who are outside the city don't have that, that ability to. Yeah. Because it, it. No, of course. It does I mean, make you, a hassle. Yeah, it re- like, in a big city like this, you do rely so heavily on public transportation. So. Yeah, but the other week, the the Gilles they were um, actually near my place, and <laughs> there's so much smoke. There's a lot of fire. I don't, I don't get what a strike accomplishes, though. And this, this might just be me being naive and not understanding it enough. But it just seems like striking at least public transit just seems like it, it harms the people who like need it the most. I you don't know? feel like I am. Okay, if, we're, if neither of us are able to explain it, but I mean, it's I do strikes have have made changes. I know in the French system, right? But like specifically, uh, like going is is getting is striking with public transportation just a way to bring attention to it. So I think for the, I think at the moment what they're striking for is retirement or they're strike like they are there are reasons they strike so it's not just striking for striking right like of they course, have specific course, things that they're they're going for and especially at least in Paris it's like it will impact people so strongly okay. to where I mean it happens in Marseille like we're getting emails everyone's preparing like you don't know how long the strike's going to go for you don't right, know what right. day what lines. I mean, there are 14 metro lines here on top of the different train oh, wow. systems. Yeah, okay, true. So it's like, it's just so, it's so different. There was one time, one of their strikes, ugh, I was so lazy. Um, I didn't realize that it actually did impact me because most of my life I'm able to walk. And so I was trying to get here and it was completely closed down. And the person I was supposed to meet was like, take an Uber. And I was like, nah, I'm just going right, to <laughs> not just walk. do it. Yeah, of course. No, oh, just I just not canceled it. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's just because then you like the money or the time or it's right. just so different. Right, right, right. Yeah. Crazy. How is it? How uh, there are no gilets jaunes in um, oh, Marseille? Oh, most definitely there is. How has that impacted you? So I, I live like adjacent to the street where most of it happened Mm. and so um i remember the first night that it was going on big in last year right last year because i was there during when it started okay so it felt like walking onto the set of an apocalypse oh right so we walked out of our apartment and there's a few people standing around and you can hear sirens and we walked over and at this point three dumpsters had been set on fire and a car had been set on fire. And then there was just like a ton of smoke everywhere. And then in the distance, there was just a line of riot guards marching with like their riot gear forward. But like no one else was out at this point in time exactly. And so we were just like, what is happening? You know, it just like, just to walk outside of your own house and just see like a car on fire was phenomenal. And so, I like, phenomenal in the sense that, like, it was a phenomenon to observe. Yeah. 
And, I would. Um, I've always been like curious about right. it, just to to see it. Yeah, but of course we didn't. <laughs> we didn't, um, in our ultimate wisdom, decide to go home and play it safe, uh, because I am uh, a YouTuber. You know, I wanted <laughs> to go out and I wanted to get the scoop. You know, I wanted to get right into the action. And so I went home. I grabbed my my small point and shoot camera. And we marched right back outside. But at this point, a lot more people were out. You know, and they had started like a second car fire right in front of this like big cathedral. And so I walk over and there's people climbing like telephone poles to knock out security cameras. And, you know, I was like, my son and roommate, like, yo, film me. I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> and so we're walking and talking like it's like, you know, like a run and gun like production. And um, we get to a point and I'm like, I'm like pointing the camera at someone taking out a security camera. And then like three or four guys come around me and like, I didn't, I didn't even think for a second that they wouldn't want, like, you know, their community to be on camera during this because then it links, like, it's physical evidence of linking people to, like, destruction of city property. And, uh, but for me, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to film it. (laughs) And so I ended up kind of just, like, having to really back out of that situation. And I was already feeling a little, like, a little nervous about continuing on. But we did. Yep. We did. Makes sense. And so at one point they had, they started a larger fire in the middle of an intersection. And we were just filming it. And by this point, a ton of people were out. And um, someone had thrown like a, a, a thing of gasoline into the fire and then it exploded. Like it sounded like a small bomb. And then you just had hundreds, I mean, hundreds of people all running. And that's when hell all broke loose because like at that point you have a mob, like with hundreds of people running after an explosion, like no one's thinking with their heads, you know, like people who are out to, with the intention of, like being destructive, we'll start being destruct, disrupt, destructive, which, you know, in a mob mentality is like the green light for other people to start breaking shit. And so like people were smashing business windows, like just like you saw it on the news in Paris. It just happened in Marseille, like on this night and just like all the rest of the week, it just happened like that. I'd be in a store, like, you know, buying like spices to, to cook with. And then you would hear an explosion outside and then hundreds of people running, followed by like tons of like riot police. They'd shut the gates. I'd be stuck in there. I think the craziest thing is like it got so bad in, Mar- in Marseille. And I have no confirmation for this. Right. But yeah. when you start seeing unlabeled guards with what looks like custom equipment, like you can... The assumption is, is that like this problem was so out of hand, there was like, I I don't, I don't know how the system works, but it looked like they had hired mercenaries (laughs) to do riot control. Like that's what, there was a tank in Viewport, which is like the, the port area and most famous in Marseille. Like there was an actual like live tank. A live tank? Like it was bad. Like it was really bad. They like set the Christmas market on fire. It was just like all businesses. Oh yeah, during that time. Yeah. It really screwed people over. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, definitely. The holiday season probably impacted the mm-hmm. tourism and everything. No, of course. I mean, people were, were nervous to go to Marseille. Even the next semester, I mean, students I was talking to were saying, like, yeah, because of everything that happened here, you know, in the news, like, my parents weren't as as willing to to let me, you know, go do this. But it That's what's ironic about, I mean, but you can say that about any type of um, danger. Right. Or any time. I mean, obviously, you don't go to. We make the judgments of an entire culture, of an entire city on the clips on the news, like any, like anywhere in the Middle East. 
Right, of course. When it's like it's selection bias. It's so selection bias, yeah. and but it impacts so much of the tourism. It impacts so much well, of the absolutely. culture of the people, which makes it so interesting. And you just never would have expected it. Right. Um, right. In quotations, like a Western civilized society shouldn't be set on fire. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy, but they they say that the that what happened was that it was it was initially very peaceful and then yeah. as do a lot of movements where extremisms come into play mm-hmm. that's when it got to where it is now right especially because from from what i understand about the religion um, is that like it didn't have clear leadership in the beginning like there wasn't a, a clear like, I think voice in the beginning, for the movement there was a voice and okay. then as people started adding on and adding kind on of, and like, adding diluted. on then it diluted mm, okay because then even macron like he had concessions and then it wasn't good enough because by the time he made the concessions, right. the movement was too big right. and too widespread to be good enough. Okay. It was like too too little, too late kind of deal for them. Gotcha. From what I know. Yeah, I'm not a big politics person. <laughs> I think like it's just kind of embarrassing that like I lived in the city and even I didn't have a full grasp on you know, the, the politics that were happening but in I, my environment. Yes. You know? But yes. like when you're a student, it's like you're not there to like know about the the geopolitics of what's happening. You're just there to, you know, make <laughs> study friends, abroad. study abroad. <laughs> Which is so different because, so actually this is an interesting question. Do you consider yourself an expat? No. You consider uh, yourself a student. Yeah, I, w- I would never use the term expat. Expat for yourself. Yeah, no. I in general, not. how do you feel about the term in general? Um, I, honestly, I don't, I couldn't give a, a solid definition to you. Is, is it just... It's an expatriate. That's okay. literally what an expat is. So just like someone from a country living in another country. Yes. Except the reason I personally have kind of a problem and a lot of people who have my same viewpoint have a problem is that it's very, um, rich. Okay. It's like, I'm an expat, someone who's moving here from... I don't know. Right, just because you can. A poor country is okay. an immigrant. Okay, okay, okay. I see. But so, like, there is no distinction. Then. Like, it's no, just, it's I'm just an a, immigrant. a label that the group gives itself. Yes, very okay. much so. Okay, that's. I think that's where I didn't quite understand what it was. Yeah, but you you don't view yourself as a uh, for say immigrant or no. for say expat. I, I think I would. Um, I would say student, but like because I'm on a program that has a set start and end date, I wouldn't say immigrant. And I definitely wouldn't say expat mm. just because like, I mean, you, you can see the scope of what I'm doing. Like it's a, it is a temporary thing. And I think when you're in a university setting, it's very much like you're an exchange student. Like that's your title. That's your grouping. That's what you are. Yeah. But an exchange student for two years is kind of a long exchange student. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any better. Like this is what, like, that's my life. You know, for, for me, it doesn't seem like that long. Do you have to, I mean, did you, well, when you were moving here, was everything done for you? No, gosh, no. Like this, this, the process of moving to France, like compared to the process of moving to Germany has been such like a hassle. That's super. Why? Like what was the difference? Um, so in Germany, an example, um, you can arrive in Germany without a visa and then apply for your visa in country. Like you can apply for your residency residency permit once you are in the country. Like you get a job and then you can go there early before your job starts, 
get your life set up and then get the residency permit. And then you get like, um, I, I think it's like a temporary for some time, but then you get your real one where in France, like there's a three month pro for a student, for me, at least it was a three month process. You know, it was rather expensive. They're like, they use three different platforms to do the whole process. Like things were changing all the time, like where I needed to go was changing. Um, since my home university like didn't, because of everything that was changing, my home university didn't have good information. So we basically had to do everything on our own. And I mean, we're, we, we're even in a predicament right now where like I don't even have a, a real visa at the moment. Like, Are I, you in the middle of... Yeah, I have a temporary while I'm waiting for mine to go through. Because like, we didn't get proper information from our home, home university because they had some um, administrative changes that we needed to apply for, like renew our visa at a given time. Uh, and so we, we just were under the assumption that we could come back and do it here, and that wasn't the case. And so we've just been going through a ton of more red wait, tape. Wait, you went back to the States to renew your visa? No, 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 no. I was able to do it in Marseille, okay, but the yeah. process took a lot longer because we had gotten, like, we started everything really late. So, like, there was no overlap. Like, for example, I, in order to be legally in France at one point, like, while I was here, um, so I was, I was traveling Europe and working in, in Germany and doing um, stuff for, like, an international peace camp. And so I was, I had already maxed out the 90 days. On, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. So I was still on a student visa for most of the summer. But then when my student visa expired, I had to be out of the Schengen area because if I was still within the Schengen area when it expired, I was on an expired visa. And if I was caught with that, I could, you know, you could run into the fining and the being banned. So for one day during this international camp that I was doing, I had to go to the UK. I had to buy a plane ticket, fly to the UK just to get a stamp of my passport so it would start my 90 tourist days. And then during my 90 tourist days, I was able to be in Marseille, like, you know, as a student, everything still fine. But I had to then reapply for my student work visa. What? Yeah, it has been a, a mess. That, okay, so for me, I'm on the student visa. Okay. So I've done the same exact yeah. horrific process yeah. that every student has to do if their home if their university doesn't do it for them. Right. And I, my renewal, I came here in January. My, I think it started January 5th or something. Right. My renewal is March 4th. Okay. So technically I will be, it's not illegal. So like what you're saying of where I would have to leave for one day and then come back, yeah. I don't have to because I have the planned date. So at least how I think authorities here have been, like I've been told, especially because I'm right. American and France and America has a great relationship. Blah, blah, blah. They're, they're friends, yeah. Yeah, they hang out. okay, whatever. Definitely. <laughs> is that if I have the proof that I do have a visa appointment coming up, I'm okay. still legally able to stay in the country that until makes sense. my visa appointment. That, that makes sense. Like, we didn't have that, though. You didn't Like you all, didn't even know that you had to renew it at yeah, that point. Yeah, well, ah. exactly. We, we assumed that we renewed it uh, like upon, upon returning. Yeah. When In which case, that was not it. So we didn't even have an appointment <laughs> oh when we God. came back. So the reason I had to do this whole, like, curtail trip to the UK was to get out of Schengen for one day. That way I could reset my, my, um, my visa, like my visa travel visa days. So this process isn't, <laughs> I, isn't normal in every European no, country. No, 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 I, I would say not at all. I would say that, um, Germany, if you're a student or you're doing an internship, I would, it's exceptionally easier. I think Germany obviously has a lot of bureaucracy, 
but um, I would say it's more straightforward and clear from the beginning than maybe France. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, there's a lot about France that I, that I do truly, truly and thoroughly enjoy. Um, the bureaucracy and the way a lot of uh, systems here work is not one of them. And that is uh, universal. Yeah, for I, so I've heard. So that's why I would, I feel like you have gone through what other uh, quote-unquote expat or immigrants have gone through. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I guess because I am a student and I, I, I'm not in any expat or immigrant communities, I never, like, I never have communications with those groups because I'm always around simple exchange students or like student, like French students at the business school. But like you, it's you have your own apartment in the middle of the city. Yeah, you're living a life of a student, but but as a resident, which is right. An but, but I would say that I would say that in Marseille in particular, that um, like that's the case for a lot of the simple exchange students. That there isn't a lot of like university housing that they live in. Most of us live in apartments in the city. And because we have class together, it's it's like where you build your community is in the international community of the school or even like having French friends. And so like for me, there's been I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm lonely and need to meet people like I need to find the expat community. Like it's, it's I've never been in a position where that has been like an, an economic demand for me. Yeah. My uh, so my neighbor goes to American University in Paris. Okay, and that's, what a brilliant name! I know the what's all I, the creativity. What's super interesting is that it's not you don't get an American degree. So American as in the way they teach, then or I don't even like American philosophy. Like the cost? <laughs> is there a Chick Fil A on campus? No, no. Well, then it's not. Then truly it's not American. an actual American university. Um, but. That it, what's super interesting is like I would compare what they go like my university is so different in that there's like ten people who go there. It's tiny. Okay, really, <sighs> it's tiny. When you say t- like how many people go there, like ten was an exaggeration, no? Uh, like twenty in your 25? program or in your institution? In not twenty five, probably like thirty or forty in my institution. Yeah, really, it's it's tiny. Okay, then it's tiny. Um, but it is American accredited. Okay. Which is the difference is that gotcha. I have, I will have an American master's degree when I go, when I eventually have a job. Okay. And is that something that you were looking for specifically here was to have the American accreditation or would you have been like given a similar course? Would you have taken, um, a European accreditation route? I'm fine with Amer- a European accreditation yeah. route. I think when I had chosen the school, my goal was to, do it here, pick up the language a little bit, and then um, it's partnered with American University in D.C., okay. which is what I wanted to go Okay, to. I got you, I got you. So it was it was like the dual program that I, I liked. Okay. So Anyways, that's an entirely other conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's let's, very complicated. Let's not bog this down with any more <laughs> administrative... <laughs> But it was more, the reason I brought that up was because f- based on my hearings from how they talk to each other and how that university is run is that yeah. it's more like yours where it's okay. a lot bigger. Um, they're in their little bubble. They're in their little AUP bubble is what they call it or their international student right. bubble. But it still sounds like they call themselves expats. Okay, okay. 
like unless you're a literal foreign exchange student, you where you're here for like six months. Like it's just a semester right, I abroad. You. I got you. Yeah, no, that's not the ecosystem we have at all in Marseille. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's very different. Because I would consider you an expatriate. Wow. I don't know how I feel about this word. I don't know if I just like it. I don't. I don't think I like it as a word. I don't think I said it. I up feel very like I'm well. still a patriot. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm. I don't feel like I've broken up with America. Not at I'm all. I'm nobody's ex. How do you think you've changed? Like, what have you noticed from the states to here? Like, what are the cultural things? Oh my that- gosh, I've, that is like at this point, it's harder for me to identify that because I've been out of America for so long. You know, I, I think um, the like. To give it a blanket statement, I think just the mentality in general, like I think Americans, what I've learned is that like Americans put a lot of their, the value that they give themselves, like their, their personal intrinsic value is very closely related to their work ethic. So like how hard they can work is like how valuable you are as a person. I feel like that's kind of ingrained in this American mentality of like you can build anything from the bottom up, like, you know, shoot for the stars, but to get anywhere takes hard work. So like the worst thing to be called in America would be to be lazy, Mm. where I feel like um, the the European mentality and maybe just French more specifically, it's like it's very laid back. Like it like there's we're still all going to the same place, but the route is much different. Like in France, like a lot of value that you can you can give your life is from like how you spend your free time like how like what are your 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 passions and what are your relationships like with people like your work is is what you do sure and like you should be appreciated for that but i th- i feel like it's less important that for you as a person to have value it, it like your work is not as important and do you think like you'll bring that back f- to the next stage of your career um definitely i'm i'm a very hard worker though like i i absolutely love my work and i i think i'm very american in the sense that like it has been a process for me to try to separate like what i can achieve and what i can accomplish as a deliverable and who i am as a person and so i think that this has kind of opened my eyes more than anything to to that it doesn't have to be that way and that any opportunities I can take to to re recenter my value system is something I should be doing because like I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to be happier if I'm just always on the grind and always worried about like you know am I worth something if I get this done so I think I think it's the openness like learning to to identify those things and um also baguettes like i know it's a stereotype but like i'm thinking back to like i i don't know like i just the bakery culture maybe like i stopped by bakeries i stopped by one this morning you know in america you just don't have that yeah and so like yes it's it's very much a stereotype to say baguette because that's the one thing people think about when they think about france but that is just very much part of the culture it's literally the only thing acceptable to like eat and walk. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do Absolutely. anything else but back at noon <laughs> during the lunch break. Yeah. It is very cultural. Um, also, just like sitting at a cafe. Mm-hmm. I There's been a few times where I've been in a rush and I just need food. Right. And I'll, it, I'll do it for like 20 minutes. And I'll sit there 20 minutes and then run. And I'm, I feel guilty now because it's like you're supposed to sit and enjoy right. and just relax. 
and let it happen and just appreciate the ambiance. And now I feel very guilty being like, I got to go. <laughs> like I'm running late for an appointment right, right. or any of that. I But I do think it's very European in general because when I was in Norway, I came back and my mom and I, I went back to the States and my mom and I went out for breakfast one time and she's like, sit down, eat, go. And I was like, can we just sit for a second? Yeah, can we just chill? Just chill. Yeah. <laughs> like we have nothing to go to. I think it's that pacing. Because like yeah. in America, I think if you sat for too long, it's like, well, now we're wasting our time. And <laughs> if we're wasting our time, it means we're not working on something. And if we're not working on something, it means we're lazy. And if we're lazy, then it means we're not valued. <laughs> yes. Like I, that so. is like the America is just like on the grind. You know, like that is just like drilled into your heads. I mean, the American dream. Oh, absolutely. Is what people yeah. all around the world I will say, I will say, though, I don't know how much time you've spent outside of Europe when you've traveled. Um, you spent some time in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will say that I um, I had that viewpoint really strongly um, about America in, after going back from Europe and being like, just relax, dude. Like, right. this American dream is kind of crap. Like, one, a lot of it is because economically... It's not an American dream for a lot of people. Right. It's a very elitist way of trying to make people work harder, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But two, uh, when I spent some time in Asia, and like one of my friends there is Singaporean, so she taught me a lot about just the way of life there, and so it was an introduction into Asian culture. Right. Where I, it was the first time I kind of appreciated the American lifestyle more. Yeah. Because you, if you view it from like Europe, it's there's a work-life balance, or there's supposed to be. Majority. Right. There are some people who are outliers, and there's not. Yeah, I would agree with you, though, in general, in the, the work-life balances. general, there's a better work-life balance. The yeah. states, there is not a great one. Right. I, mean, I think that's an institu institutional thing, Institutional, too. but in, in a lot of Asian nations, mm -hmm. there's none at all. Right. To where it's all work, and, like, your whole goal is to do well in your schooling so that you can get a job to provide for your family. And it's just like, there's nothing outside of that. Right. That might be a little, that might be certain societal, societally, like, yeah. Might, might be very specifically Singaporean. Well, I, because I, I can only speak about Japan. And this is because I have, I have friends even now that I know that are in the university system in Japan. And I think it's very similar to France in this regard that okay. um, it is like very, very hard during like, like elementary into high school. And then graduating high school with like the highest marks you can to get in the best university is like so much work. But once you have that and you get into a good university, that's when things really slow down for a little bit before speeding back up for the career world. So like in, in Japan, for example, um, this has been communicated to me that like, like school is just hell up until university and then universities are like super chill. And then you get into the workplace and the workplace is like back up you know back up to speed but there is that that thing where it's like school for school yeah where it prepares you for work exactly where work is work like right. life right 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 so so i feel like in terms of appreciating culture mm -hmm. like when i'm in europe i'm just i i feel a lot more like uh weird about the states okay um you notice some of its wrongdoings a little bit stronger right um although this time around I'll say it's the opposite. 
Yeah. I've appreciated America a little bit more I, this time I, around. I love America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like you have, I'm not even saying that just to be like, I'm American. <laughs> you have to love America. Like support the troops. Like I just mean it as in like I think as a, as a, as a culture, I think there there is a lot that can be learned from it, even though it gets a really bad reputation. Like, like what? I, I think that the way that a lot of your views America like yeah it's kind of like oh that's american you know yes. like oh that's so extra or that's like so american and it's like well you're also you also suffer from the same bias that we do in that like the pictures that you're given is what you can frame you know so it's just like you can see the the news reports from mm. you know the middle east or from riots in cities and go oh that's what that is i mean when you l- grow up in europe and your only insight to america is like teen movies and like what the president is tweeting and like just all the like the luxury and you know like pop culture comes largely from the u.s like the u.s is a pop culture machine and so when you're just fed all these celebrities with no other context then like of course you would it's all it's all information based you know like yeah and so i don't i don't blame anyone for a lack of information i think as as my I think your responsibility as as an expat or as someone from a home culture going to a new community is kind of you you have it's your responsibility to be the example of what isn't seen. I think yes, I agree. I think where I'm coming more so is that the first time I was out of the states for a long period of time, mm-hmm. I was 20. Okay. And um it was it was very much like I went to Norway. Right. Just the best country. <laughs> Right. In the I world. Mean, it, its metrics are phenomenal. Are phenomenal. Yeah. And so it was very much like it's hard to compare America with the healthcare system, with like all the, the right. tweaks and the administrative crap that happens to one of the right. the best run countries in the world. I see what you're saying. And yeah. so it was very I don't I guess it was just the first time where I, I looked at America in the face and I was like, Oh, like this is how I feel about this, this, this and then like I felt that way for a little bit, and then I went to Asia, and I was like, oh, but these are really good qualities that we have here. Mm-hmm. So it was very much like there's – you take what you want, especially when you travel more and you probably experience this. Like you take the good things from each culture Absolutely. and you combine it. And I think for a while I had negative views on an American culture because I had – I had rose-colored glasses when I was looking at Europe. Right. And now this time around, I don't have rose-colored glasses looking at Europe anymore. I see. I, You're able to be critical. I'm and, able to be yeah. critical of European culture as well as American culture and any culture, but it comes with also being appreciative of right. where you come from as yeah, well. Yeah, you have to... Everything's like... It's about integration. It's yeah. like how can you integrate and adapt what you learn to your own perspective in a way that's like healthy and inclusive for both cultures and it doesn't i i yes healthy is an important word yeah. because i think that that ebbs and flows right like there are moments where you won't look at it as a with a healthy perspective but then it will come with time definitely well thank you for joining me austin oh man <laughs> cut me off like that how rude <laughs> um yeah, well, it was great. Do I get to self-promote at all? Self-promote yourself. All right. Hey, team. Austin here. Um, <laughs> so I run a YouTube channel called Otter Space Productions. You can find me over at YouTube. Um, I've done some vlogs. I've done some videos about other cultures, some short films. I run a language channel now where I talk about American slang. 
Or find me on Instagram at almost Austin. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm not going to close it because that's not my job. So I'm throwing it back. <laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs>